and welcome to another episode of Daily Feasting on the Words of Christ. This morning I slept in and it felt great after having uh, woken up at 4am all this week. And um, so I, um, you know, working with kids and waking up at that hour, my body is... uh, feeling a little bit under the weather right now. So my voice is a little like scratchy. Um, but I, I will figure out a way to make this work this morning. Today I was in second Nephi chapter 32 and this is a really good chapter. I mean, you could say that about every single chapter in the book of Mormon technically, you know, cause like they're all really good chapters in their own way. Um, so, you know, the statement's not untrue, at least. So, yeah, with this <laughs> with this chapter, um, you know, Nephi's talking to the people, and the people are... He, he, he discerns that they're not quite getting what he's saying. Because they're like, yeah, we've been baptized, now what? And he's like, well, until the end. And they're like, what does that mean? And they're all, like, confused. They're like, come on, just tell us what we need to do. Because, like, if you think about it, the law of Moses is, it tells you everything that you need to do, step by step, right? It doesn't, like, I'm not sure how to phrase this. Like, what am I trying to say? Um... Like, it just, it tells you what to do, right? It gives you steps. It gives you, um, it gives you, I don't know. But, like, it was a much more stricter law in the sense of you had rules for lots of things and then the Jews took it like really far where like they told you everything that you had to do, even down to the number of steps you took in a day. Um, right. And so the law of Moses tells you things that you, you need to do. And so these people are used to being told what to do and then doing it. So they're like, okay, we've been baptized. Check. Now what? And Nephi's like, enter to the end. And they're all like, well, what do we do? Like, what do we need to do? And they're still thinking. They're, like, waiting for him to be, like, all right, this is what you need to do. And, like, you got to do these five steps. And you make sure that you do it on these days, this many times a year. Right? It, it, it's not like that. Just, Nephi's, like, enter to the end. Like, keep living. And they're, like, well, what do we do? And they're not getting it. And he's, it's kind of frustrating Nephi a little bit. I don't know if frustrate's the right word. But he's just like, guys, <laughs> I've told you as plain as I possibly can. And you're still not getting it? <laughs> they're just... They're... They're just... They're just not getting it, you know? They're not looking. They're not doing their own research. They're waiting for someone else to tell them what to do. And Nephi's like, guys, you have the Holy Ghost with you. 
you have the scriptures, the words of Christ. You can pray, right? Let's pray about this. Let's read about this in the scriptures. Like you've got the Holy Ghost and it can tell you all things. And what does it tell you? The words of Christ. And where do you find those? In the scriptures. And it will tell you everything you need to do. The words of Christ will tell you everything that you need to do. And he's trying to get this point across to them. And they're still not getting it. And Nephi is like, he's just like, guys, come on. It's not that complicated. All right, let's keep it simple. All right, here's here's a brass serpent. You don't need to look anywhere else. You don't need to wait for anything else. Just look at, look at, look at it. Um, but like in verse three, Nephi's like, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. And you know, while reading that verse, I had this thought of, you know, if you are, if you are running your own business right? And you are trying to figure out how to get more clients or how to sell more products or who you should reach out to next or what you need to do to upscale your business or whatever it is. The words of Christ will tell you all things that you need to do. And so my brain was just like, whatever your problem is, you know, if you're working on your business or maybe you're working on your marriage or maybe you're working with your kids or maybe you are working on getting a promotion at work or maybe you're just working on a hobby um, or school, you know, or maybe you're just, you your health is, you're trying to figure out your health, um, trying to figure out how to get your finances in order, trying to, uh, learn how to control your emotions, trying to, uh, you know, whatever it is, like the words of Christ will tell you all things that you need to do. And so that that was just kind of an interesting thought I had this morning. And I think that'd be interesting discussion to have is to be like, you know what? If it can tell me all things that I need to do, right? Will it will it tell me how to run my business? Will it tell me how to improve my marriage? Will it tell me how to raise my kids right? Will it tell me what to do at work? You know? Um and to me I'm like I, you know, I've heard so many stories of people who have gone to the scriptures with a question, with something that they're trying to figure out, and they read the Book of Mormon every day, and then they find their answer while reading, you know, and it wasn't that I was necessarily in there, but that reading the scriptures allows God to speak to us. Reading, you know, feasting on the words of Christ allows the Holy Ghost to be with us. And to communicate with us the things that we need to hear. The, the, the scriptures are like a gateway in the communication to heaven. And so is prayer. Right? So studying the scriptures and praying about it. You know, and searching. Searching for an answer. And, you know, I, I would also suggest not just doing prayer in scriptures and expecting someone to tell you how to run your business. Like there's, there's a lot of expert people out there that could help you with that. And, you know, in any other situation, right? Um, you know, the Lord says study by learning and also by faith. I think it is, or like search every good book, something like that. Something in D and C about that, you know, where there's a lot of information out there. Um, and sometimes we go 
only to worldly information and we don't even come to God with those sorts of problems. Um, and I think that a combination of both is really, really helpful because God knows all things, right? All knowing, all powerful, super dependable. So God knows all things. And so I think he knows how to run a successful business. I think he knows how to have a great marriage or how to raise great kids or how to do well at work or whatever it is, you know, God knows all things. So asking for his help and reading in the scriptures to look for answers, it could be that part of the answer is that he help guides you to those resources here on this earth that will help you with what you need or guide you to those people. Or maybe it's a brand new idea and that you get while reading the scriptures or at another time, right? It's, it's increasing your ability to receive revelation and inspiration for what you need to do. Which is what we need when we're facing our problems. We need inspiration. We need revelation. You know, without it, it it's like trying to find a needle in the hays- in a haystack in the dark. Right? You're you're hoping you'll find it just by jumping in and getting pricked. And so, you know, with. God to help shine a light to where you need to go, it's going to be a lot easier to find that needle in the haystack because he's guiding you to the resources, to the people, to the information, to whatever it is you need for you and your problem to like get a solution, you know? And that's what Nephi's trying to get at. He's like, guys, you don't need to be told every single thing that you need done. Okay? You... You do some research and you go and you do the best that you can, right? The words of Christ will tell you all things that you need to do. You don't need to wait for the prophet to tell you what to do. You don't need to wait for someone else to tell you what to do. Go and do some research. Go and ask some help from God. Go around and ask people, you know, and and pray, you know, and pray about it. Nephi says how... The devil is going to teach us not to pray, you know, and for, and I wonder if also he'll teach us not to pray about some things, right? Like we'll think of something that we want to pray about and in our mind we'll have this thought of, oh, don't, don't pray about that. That's silly. Or he can't help you with that. Or you need to figure this out on your own. Like you can't ask for his help, Right. Like, we'll have these thoughts that will teach us not to pray about those certain things. When really, God has asked us, or at least as far as I know, God has asked us to pray about everything in our life. Absolutely everything. Right? He wants to hear it all. He wants to help us. Right? He's he's so loving. He wants to help us return and he knows that we have these problems and his he really cares about the relationship between you and him he really cares and so he wants to do everything he can to help you to grow this relationship to help you return back to him like he really 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 cares about you um 
And so, you know, you can pray to him about everything, absolutely everything. And even even the deepest parts of your soul that you haven't told anybody else about because you feel like, you know, you should have had this figured out or you don't want to burden other people, you know, like, and you just feel so alone because you're probably wondering, like, you know, no one else is struggling with this. I must be the only one, right? Because you see everyone else and, you know, you see that they have problems, but you see that they're getting them, you know, that they're getting help or whatever, or that they're making it. And you're just sitting there feeling like you're not able to make it. You're all alone. You can't talk to anybody about it because no one will understand or that you'll be a burden, you know, and those are the sorts of things that God loves to hear the most. Like, he also loves to hear about our successes. You know, when when we have a really good day, he loves to hear about it. You know, when we're feeling super excited and we just want to share with everybody everything. And, you know, it we're just so ecstatic and we feel like life has changed and everything's going to be so much better and so full of possibilities and hope and happiness and wonderfulness and joy. Like, God loves hearing about that too, you know? He loves hearing about the good and the bad, the bright and the ugly. And he wants to help us through it all. You know, it says in the scriptures, blessed are those who are poor in spirit and those who mourn who come unto me. I'm I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, but you know, it's like, I, th- I think the actual verse is, you know, blessed are those who are poor in spirit who come unto me. Right? When we're, when we're feeling down and we go to God, He's going to bless us, right? Because in turning to him, it shows faith, right? Praying about, praying to God and sharing with him our deepest feelings, that's an act of faith. It's super simple, but it's an act of faith because you're willing to trust God enough with these things that you don't trust any el- anybody else with, you know? And God has promised that he'll help us. So we can go to God for anything. We can turn to him in prayer, and then we can search the scriptures to help us be able to receive answers and be closer to the Holy Ghost so that we can recognize when we receive our revelation or inspiration. And that's that's how we figure out what to do. You know, this enduring to the end part. If you're not sure how to keep moving forward, do as Nephi suggests. Praise. You know, pray about it. Read the scriptures to learn more. And listen to the Holy Ghost. And as you go about your day trying to figure out how do I keep moving forward? How do I stay on the covenant path? How do I endure to the end? You will find your answer as you as you do your research, right? God will God will tell you. God will tell you. Um And, uh,
Anyway, I also really like the chapter in the Bible today. It was Matthew chapter 18. And here he first talks about little children and becoming like a little child, you know, or humble as a little child. And that's how you'll enter into the kingdom of heaven and, you know, how much God cares about the children and that, you know, you don't want to like harm them in a grievous way. You know, that I think about it, I'm not sure that I know what Christ meant by offend. Cause to stumble is the footnote. I'm assuming he means like if you cause a child to break the commandments in a very serious, grievous way, you know. Like, you cause him to steal. You cause him to, like, masturbate or get addicted to pornography as a little kid. Which, I mean, there a lot of that is happening nowadays. There are so many, so many young kids that are getting addicted to pornography and masturbation. You know, at first it's just curiosity. They don't know any better. And then it just continues for many, many years. And since they've done it since they were little kids, they're not sure how to break free, you know? And I just, it is so incredibly sad to me that that's the case nowadays. These are just little young innocent children and you are causing them to commit some of the most grievous sins like it's just it's awful you know to and to think that satan would work so incredibly hard to hit these little children while they're young because you know who the author is behind that you know who it is you know who put that idea into someone's head it was satan And he is working so hard on getting these little kids to do that when they're young. To get addicted when they're young. And they don't know any better. And it's just, like, just, (sighs) Satan is the worst. Satan is the absolute worst. And it gets me so, like, angry that that's what's happening. You know, that that's going on, you know, and then human traffickers, you know, sex slavery with kids like that. That is awful, absolutely awful, disgusting, foul, vile. Like, I don't know that I have a good enough word right now. And probably the only good enough word is a swear word. And so I'm not going to say that. But I'm like, they're like, (laughs) it's awful. It's evil is what that is and it's just it's it's so incredibly sad to think about these kids who are so incredibly innocent and they get caught in a trap and they feel like they can't get out 
and it's a good thing we have a savior, right? Because otherwise, so many of us would be doomed since by like age five, you know? It's a good thing we have a savior and this gospel because, you know, they, I mean, none of us would make it, but especially not them. If there wasn't Jesus, if there wasn't a gospel, you know, if there wasn't, if like Christ didn't come and perform the atonement, there'd be no hope. No hope for these little kids. But there's so much hope, even though it doesn't feel like it, you know. When you feel like you're stuck in an addiction, it's, it, it's so easy to feel like, there's no hope in coming out, right? Because you can try really hard to break it and then you just end up going back and you don't know how it happened because it's so subconscious at that point and it feels like it has more control of you than you do of it and it's so easy to get discouraged, to get you know, to lose hope in that moment because you feel like there's no way out. You feel like there's no way out. And, you know, you just feel so worthless because you're not able to find a way out, you know. And maybe you've seen other people like, if, if you're addicted and you see other people making it, but you feel like you're not, like, that, sometimes that can make it, make you feel worse, because you're like, I must, you know, I must not be worth anything, because I can't break it, you know, there's, you know, and they try so hard, and they fall back so many times, and it's easy to think that you know, there's no point in trying because it's not working. And I find that so sad too. You know, it's a double blow from Satan. You know, he hit them first with the addiction. You'd think he'd let them alone. But he doesn't. He gets he gets in their head and he tries to get them so discouraged. He tries to get them to feel so hopeless that one, they either succumb to the addiction and they give up all hope on themselves and they just give up all hope in living a happy life and they just succumb to a miserable life or they become so depressed that they feel like they're so worthless and there's, you know, no point in living and then they kill themselves, right? Like, And it's just so incredibly, so incredibly sad. Like, I don't, at this moment, I can't think of a better word than sad. It's these poor people, they're trying so hard to be good. And, you know, they, and Satan just hit him from behind, you know? He's not an honest fighter. And, and these kids are, you know, these kids are honest fighters. 
And they're trying so hard. And it's a hard battle, you know? It's a hard battle. I've never dealt with the addiction, you know? I've never been addicted to pornography or masturbation or you know any addiction for that matter like I you know I've never smoked I've never had alcohol I've never had sex outside of marriage probably the closest addiction that I could have is like maybe an addiction to social media but <laughs> like I don't I don't think so I don't but um I just feel for them. I feel for them, you know, because I can I can imagine what that's like. I can imagine, you know, how how dark. And I may not fully understand, because I've never been in that situation. But man, how dark it must be. How hopeless. How discouraging, despairing, you know? You just feel like you're in a hole and you can't climb out. Every time you try, you just keep slipping back. You know, and that's that's what life would constantly be like without Jesus. If Jesus didn't come down and perform the atonement, all of us would be stuck in this dark hole trying to climb out day after day and always falling back and never making it to the top and then we just get buried and we're there forever even after we die we just get buried in the darkness and in the misery we never make it out but because of Jesus you know he he can help every single one of us out of this hole and we may climb and, and slide a few times, many times, you know, or maybe it's your whole life you feel like you keep sliding. But because of Jesus, you won't be buried, you know, as long as you keep trying. Because all that matters is not how many times you've fallen, but how many times you've gotten back up. You know, how many times you keep stepping forward even when you keep falling down it doesn't matter how many times you fall down it matters how many times you get back up because <laughs> that's what matters to Christ that's why he he died for us so that we could get back up every time we fall and that's all he asks is just get back up after we fall and to him he can wipe the slate clean of every fall that's happened before and just focuses on the now where are you now that's all he's concerned about is where are you now and how can I help you with your next step you know he's he's got the big picture in mind he knows the beginning from the end and you know sometimes it's easy to worry about our past and about our future and how things are going to look. But what God is most concerned about is what are you going to do right now? What, What is your next step? 
You know, let's let's not look at the hundredth step in this staircase. You're not there yet. Let's look at the next step. And that's all he's concerned about. You know, that's why he died. And those little children who died without baptism, he saves them. You know, he cares. He cares about people. He doesn't just leave us out here to die on our own in this battlefield of life. He doesn't leave us stranded. You know, we can walk away from him, but he never, never walks away from us. And he wants to help us make it to the end. And, you know, as long as we have faith in Christ and the power of his atonement, guess what? We'll make it. I'll make it to the end. And you'll make it to the end. Because that's what Christ's power can do. We don't have to, like, worry that we won't make it. As long as we have faith in Christ, you know? And that means doing the best we can. Like, doing what he asks of us. And keep doing it. Keep trying. Knowing that, you know what, I'm going to fall down. But I'm going to get back up. Because that's all that matters. Is how many times are we going to get back up? And when it comes to judgment day... You know, standing before God and you have to be judged of everything you did. Christ is our advocate. He'll go to God and he'll fight for us. And he'll be like, hey, guess what? This is how many times she or he got up. You know, this is how many times he got up. He kept fighting. He never stopped. He kept moving forward, even when the road was steep and rocky and full of potholes. You know? Even when there were people throwing rocks or shooting arrows or tomatoes at him, you know? And he's, yeah, he looks a mess, but look at him. That's a testament to the fight he's been through. And because of that, because Jesus can fight for us, you know, because he's paid that price already, you know, we can, we can make it to, into God's kingdom. You know, it's going to be a messy battle, but we can make it. Because of Christ, we don't have to be perfect to make it we don't have to be pristine and clean when we show up to God we can be a mess we can be a mess because of Jesus Christ he paid the price for that mess already that's how much he loves us you know and I hope, I hope you understand this. I hope that you're able to feel that, to know how much she loves you. Like, I know it can be hard to forget. 
I've been there. So much of my life I have lived feeling like, how could God love me? I like, I, you know, you, you think about all the mistakes that you've done and you think, you know, God can love everyone else except me because, you know, I've just messed up so much. Everyone else is wonderful, and but me, I'm I know my darkness, and Christ can't cover that darkness. You know, you know how many times you've fallen, and you feel like that because you've fallen so many times. There's there's no way that God could ever love you. I've been there. I know what that feels like to wonder: Does God really love me? Like even on my mission, I was still wondering that: Does God really love me? Like, I've had several blessings and several prayers and read the scriptures. And, right? I, and I still wondered. And it took a really, really, really long time. You know? And it's only been just recently that I've been able to feel that God loves me. You know what I'm still learning. I don't I don't know it perfectly. But like I'm not wondering anymore. I have this feeling in my heart that God is there and he loves me. You know, and he's trying to help me. And I've I've still got work to do to learn more about God's character work on my relationship with him but boy is it better than it's ever been in my entire life and I hope you're doing I hope you're doing that I hope you're building a relationship with God I hope you are learning and seeking to know how much he loves you because that can make a difference that really can to know that there's someone out there who loves you Even with all your messes. And maybe because of your messes. Right? God just loves you. And can see who you can become. And knows your potential. And how amazing you are. Because you are amazing. You know, like... And so easy to doubt that. So easy to doubt that. And... Satan loves to just put thoughts into our heads like about that sort of stuff where God can't love you because you've made this mistake or you can't be amazing because that's prideful or arrogant, you know, and it's, it's not guys, (laughs) it's not, you know, you don't have to believe Satan because he's the father of all lies, you know, that whatever he tells you is not true. If he's telling you that God can't love you, you know that's not true. You know that God can love you. Because Satan's trying to convince you that he can't. You know you're amazing. Because Satan's trying to convince you that you're not. So, like if you haven't ever really thought about finding a testimony... Or like, I don't know. Like, if you feel like your relationship with God 
but still at that point where you're trying to learn if he loves you, if you're worth it, you know, if you are a child of God, that you do have potential, that you can do great things, that you are amazing, that you are lovable, that you are worthy, that you are enough, like whatever it is. If you're still trying to figure that out, please keep figuring it out. You know, keep searching, keep reading the scriptures, keep praying, keep listening to the Holy Ghost, right? Keep, keep trying. Like, please, (laughs) please find that out for yourself. It is so vitally important, so vitally important to have a testimony of God's love for you. Right? And not just a testimony in your head, right? You get told all the time in church and by other like friends and family that you know God loves you, right? It's they tell it to you in class, they tell it to you over the pulpit, they tell it to you at general conference, they tell it to you in the scriptures, Sunday school, release society, elders corps, young women's, young men's, primary, they tell it to you all the time. God loves you, so you know it. But do you feel it? Is it in your heart yet? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about your head knowledge. I'm talking about your heart knowledge. Where you believe it. Where you feel it. And, you know... I don't know any other way to explain it. Other than it's got to be in your heart. It's got to be in your heart. Where when you think about does God love me, you can just feel it in you. In, in your chest, you know, at least that's where it is for me. Right up where the heart and where the lungs are, it just kind of feels all cozy warm. You know, the shoulders feels like there's someone there giving me a hug, you know. You gotta feel it. And it's worth trying to figure out. Because when you feel it, it feels so good. So incredibly good, guys. Don't, like, you just... You know, if you haven't felt it yet, keep searching for it, Please. You know, I've just like said the same thing over tw- 20 times. But that's because it's so amazing and so incredibly important. So incredibly important. And so um, I know this recording has been pretty long and there was more I was thinking I would share. But I think this was an okay tangent. <laughs> um to go on and just kind of share my feelings with you about all that Uh, and you know I want to thank you for tuning in and listening today I know it was a more of an emotional one lots of tears throughout the whole thing you know (laughs) um but like I hope there's still some value for you in this and I'm thinking you still think there is because you're still here listening. So thank you. Thank you for still listening. And, you know, thank you for joining this scriptural, like having this scripture meal with me, you know. 
and I hope that you have a good day. And I hope that you can feel God's love for you because you are amazing. Please don't ever forget that. Please don't ever doubt that. Because it's the truth. I know it is. Because I feel it. And I'll talk to you later.